and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's episode of Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello, and I am a family medicine physician. And today's topic will be through the lens of primary care, but still with a lot of nuggets for uh, everyone. So anyway, let's get started. So I'm wondering if you've ever been in the situation where you feel like you're going crazy trying to figure out why on earth somebody would do something in the way that they're doing it. And you can put just about any task into this scenario, but sometimes we simply cannot understand why someone else has their way of doing something or saying something, why it's so different from what we would do or say. And of course, right, because we are amazing and special human beings, we often think that their way is just 100% wrong. So today we're going to talk about why this happens, um, how it is done to us and by us, and how we can choose to think differently about the whole situation with the goal of letting go of some of the frustration and angst that this way of thinking produces. So as an example, um, I love this example, but I'm just going to give full disclosure here that I'm going to grossly stereotype uh, in this story by gender and talk about a heterosexual couple, because I think it's just such a simple way to look at this concept and something that plays out again and again in households. So of course, yes, it plays out in many different households and looks many different ways, but just uh, walk with me through this story. So I'm imagining a couple who live together and we have John and Jane. And Jane asks John one day, honey, will you please take out the garbage? And John replies, yes. And he gets up and he removes the bag of garbage from the can. He takes it outside to the garbage bin and then heads back inside, washes his hands, and then heads to the living room to relax and watch some TV. About an hour later, Jane opens the garbage can. She has a grimy old sponge in her hand and she wants to throw it away. And she finds that the bin is empty. There's no new trash bag in place. She stomps into the living room and she says in a terse voice, I thought I asked you to take out the garbage. John replies that he did. And she stomps off and loudly replaces the bag, letting the lid of the garbage close with a bang and ignores him for the rest of the night. John, feeling irritated because he did what he was asked and then he got yelled at, ends up staying late watching more TV. And scene. So this exaggerated example is something that in my coaching training at the Life Coach School, we call the manual. And the manual is a set of instructions or programming 
that each of us carries in our minds and attaches to certain situations. So in this example, in Jane's mind, taking out the garbage means that the bag of garbage goes outside and that a new bag is replaced into the bin. So in her mind, the job was only half done. In John's mind, taking out the garbage means just that. He took out the garbage. He did that. So he's not sure why he's in the proverbial doghouse. Each partner here has a different manual for the task of taking out the garbage. And in this example, each partner thinks that their manual is correct. And most likely, they didn't have an in-depth discussion about this, right, where they talked about what it meant to take out the garbage. So instead, they are in this place where they can't really understand how the other person doesn't get it. He did what he was asked, and now she's upset with him, and he doesn't understand why, and she doesn't understand why he wouldn't think that putting a new bag is part of the job. It's so obvious, right? So this type of interaction, like I said, is grossly simplified, um, but it plays out again and again where we've got two or more people's ideas and expectations that are not in alignment. And sometimes we are the ones that have the manual in our minds. We expect others to follow through in the way that we think that something should be said or done, right? We ask them to complete a task and we expect that it's gonna be done in this way. Sometimes though, we are also inside of someone else's manual and we are the person who can't quite understand why we aren't measuring up to their standards even though we did what was requested. This comes up in medicine all the time. We have manuals for our patients that state often that the patient should arrive early for the appointment uh, so they can get checked in, that they should be organized enough in their concerns so that we can address their questions and do whatever medical work is needed. And that might be, you know, ordering labs, might be, um, you know, discussing a new diagnosis, et cetera. What they shouldn't do is be late. They shouldn't have a long list with too many questions on it. They shouldn't expect me to know why they have a headache when all they'll tell me is they have a headache and then ask to know why, right? And we've never talked about it before. And they definitely, definitely should not spend five to 10 minutes telling me a really long story about their great aunt Mildred and her car troubles. That's not relevant and we're on a tight schedule, right? They, they shouldn't waste our time. But we fall into our patient's manuals too. Sometimes they are figuring that, well, we're always running late, so it doesn't matter if they show up late too. Or that, of course, I should have time to fill out their paperwork, which they brought, and I should have time to answer all their questions and take care of all the things that I need to do, like ordering labs or a test in a 15-minute appointment. They may expect that I can tell them right now why they're having a miscarriage or why they have cancer or, uh, you know, why their neighbor's cousin is getting these infusions every few weeks. They might be frustrated with us when we can't give them an answer or we can't complete their paperwork just real fast, right? We can't do just one more thing, one more question. 
The problem with the manual, whether it's our manual for how things should be done, or whether we're operating in other people's manuals and falling short, the problem is how we end up feeling or how they end up feeling. When we have a manual for how things should be done, how we should be treated, et cetera, and other people don't meet our expectations, we're often getting upset with them for falling short, even though maybe we never even shared our expectations or talked about it before, we just kind of took it as a given. And when we're in other people's manuals, it can be really difficult to understand why they're upset with us. Either way, difficult feelings arise and this ends up causing a lot of friction. And of course, there are circumstances where there are, you know, common sense factors at play or safety issues, and that's kind of a separate issue, you know, really sort of focusing today on how much of the time we're just talking about areas of recurrent frustration and interpersonal conflict that leads us to having difficult interactions, and it creates more stress than is needed. So if this happens in your life, I want to start by saying that nothing has gone wrong. Most of us don't sit around and talk about our expectations and run through the list of exactly how things should happen. We just don't do it. And no one is necessarily in the wrong. And it doesn't usually need to get into a big back and forth on who's right and who's wrong. What is helpful here is dialogue and sometimes compromise and boundaries, right? These are themes that come up again and again. Sometimes we need to pause and have the difficult conversation about how things are going in the relationship, even in the patient doctor relationship, so that moving forward, we are reducing the stress, reducing the friction in those interactions. So let's go back to the example of the patient who is late and figures that this isn't gonna be a problem because you, the doctor, are always running behind. So what typically happens is you walk into the room frustrated because now the person who is on the schedule next, who checked in early as requested, they're having to wait longer because this patient showed up late for their appointment. You're running late because you had to review the CAT scan results with your patient uh, who was scheduled you know, before this patient and it showed cancer and they had a lot of questions and there were a lot of feelings. Your patient who's in the room with you who doesn't like waiting for you is frustrated because the MA was rude to her and told her that she was late and that you weren't gonna have time to answer all of her questions. So now she's upset that even though she thought things would be fine, she's not gonna get all her questions answered and there's just all this angry, frustrated energy in the room. It's happened to me, it happens to lots of us. And we can absolutely choose to do nothing about it, but just go through with the interaction and let those feelings and frustrations be there. Um, I'm sure that many of us have done this and you know, we just sort of cataloged it along the lines of, yeah, this is why I hate my job. This is something that makes it difficult. This happens all the time. So we don't have to do anything, but we could also choose to get curious or 
choose to share that you apologize for running late and explain that sometimes situations will take more of your time, such as what happened today with your patient who has cancer. You could ask if this patient had difficulty getting to the clinic or how they feel when things are running really behind. You could request that they arrive to the clinic early to complete the check-in process because the steps of you know, reviewing their medications with the medical assistant and checking their vital signs or you know, going over any upcoming preventative care that's due, those things are important for their health. And they may just see it as you know, kind of garbage that's a waste of their time, right? But if you can share with them how those things influence the care that you provide, then they at least have a chance to you know, accept that, oh, okay, that's why I need to get here early. This give and take opportunity allows for a flow of empathy and compassion between both you and your patient. And it can be a place to discuss some simple boundaries. If this patient who's in the room with you now has a new diagnosis of cancer in the future, I'm guessing that you would take your time with them, right? But you can also tell them that when they check in late for, you know, kind of a standard appointment, you won't be able to spend as much time with them because of how the appointments are arranged. There's an opportunity there to recommend scheduling an appointment at the beginning of the clinic session. And, you know, to say that if they get checked in early, that, you know, and they're the first appointment on the day, that you aren't likely to be running behind at that time. Right? There, there's opportunity for this back and forth. And yes, these conversations do take time and they're suited to situations with an ongoing relationship with a patient, right? Which is why, you know, I gave the disclosure that this is, you know, something that commonly comes up in primary care, not to say that it doesn't come up in other specialties, but you're probably not going to have this conversation with a patient in the urgent care, the emergency room where you don't have an ongoing relationship with them. But just imagine how much more pleasant your day is when you have had this conversation about arriving late and then no one is surprised when you have to limit the time for the visit because they're late. Humans will continue to make errors in terms of how long it takes to get somewhere or not checking traffic. Um, they're going to continue to make their own decisions about whether it's important to show up on time. And they're going to make their own decisions about how much they think that you should be able to cover. But when you can start to explore your expectations and theirs, you can significantly reduce the distress that comes from judging others for their actions, right? Judging them for being late, for example, and reduce the distress from being judged from you know, feeling like it's unfair for them to expect you to fill out their forms and you know, address the five extra things that they brought you know, for their 20-minute wellness visit. Okay, well, that's what I have for you today, friends. Um, if you have questions or comments about the episode, I'd love to hear from you, and you can email them to me directly at healthierforgood at gmail.com. It really helps me to have your feedback. Um, and of course, I invite you to, um, you know, let me know if there's a topic that you'd like to hear more about. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening.
and I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.